A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On episode 45 of Confessions of a Marketer, marketing is broken. Yeah, that's the line of discussion today. Marketing is broken. We have Tim Burke of Affinio joining us to ponder that. We will stroll into that minefield in just a moment. Coming soon, we'll talk growth hacking, in-house creative management, the intersection of technology and marketing. We'll dig a bit more into product marketing. And I'm excited to share that we're going to be talking to some IBM folks about the 2019 Marketing Trends Report over a couple of episodes, probably sometime in late March or early April. Can't wait for that chat. Also, we're planning to talk with Beth Monahan of Inkhouse about fear and the future of PR. A packed schedule over the next few months. You know, I was looking at the calendar and we have episodes planned all the way into June already. So stay tuned. Also, head over to the innovationpodcast.co to tune into my other podcast with investor Garnett Harriman. On to Tim Burke. Tim joined me all the way from Halifax, Nova Scotia, where he runs Affinio, a firm that tries to understand people at a deep level. That takes data and AI, machine learning, and all that. But Tim isn't just a data jockey. He has a real point of view on marketing that it's broken. And the only way to fix it is to seize on the power of data we're all collecting and put it at the fingertips of the marketers who need it. Okay, lots to unpack there, so we're going to give this chat two episodes. Here's part one. Let's get to it. Tim, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. Great to have you here. Great to be here, Mark. Thank you. So with the growth of data, which no one seems to be prepared for, you think marketing is broken. Why is that? Well, it's intriguing because I would say nowadays we have at our fingertips more data available for marketers across the entire spectrum of consumer data sets than ever before. However, uh, we, what we see is that marketers are, are literally drowning in data and starving for insights, right? And right. I think there's a massive opportunity given sort of the scope and, and breadth of the data available nowadays to be leveraging a lot of things like artificial intelligence, machine learning, to advance the level of insights to those marketers, to build more compelling campaigns, and ultimately achieve what I think everyone in this market wants um, as a consumer is advertising and marketing um, that feels personal. And uh, I know that's a massive promise within the scope of 
these days in terms of all the data that's available and all is a major promise of what things like artificial uh, intelligence offer the marketer uh, just hasn't been built and hasn't reached fruition. But I think that's ultimately what is the power and potential here is to be able to leverage that technology against the data on what I would consider the very front end of free campaign strategy. And what I would say right now is most of the utility of that data comes down to programmatic and targeting and a lot of the investment on the technology in today's uh, marketing stack tends to be focused on optimization in sort of that final click stage. But uh, I personally feel that the biggest shift in the opportunity, the biggest impact in that opportunity is leveraging this massive amount of consumer data that's available and a lot of this technology that's available to change the way that we plan um, at the very early stages and even help advise what kind of campaigns should be created even before any content or ideation around that content is even started, right? And I think that fundamentally is is the break in the current system where uh, what I would say is traditional demographic-based targeting and demographic-based segmentation has to start to shift into passions and interests and and focus on sort of consumer behaviors as the way that we segment. And thus that sort of opens up a new opportunity for us to start establishing better campaigns that feel to the consumer far more personalized. Can you tell me what role AI and machine learning play in that? They're both kind of buzzwords, and I've talked (laughs) more than I thought I ever would on this podcast about AI and machine learning and, in fact, data. But I'm always intrigued when I hear those words as to, you know, how it can help a marketer. I totally agree. And and they are massively overutilized um, in the terms of sort of what what their overall promise is. And I would say that a lot of where we see applications actually sort of emerging for AI and machine learning tend to be sort of non-repeatable, right? They right. they tend to be, be, you know, models that are being applied to data sets for one-off level insights, maybe in the context of sort of better targeting for a campaign or maybe in, the, in, in terms of better performance around, you know, optimizing a campaign. What I think the real opportunity is, and it, it will only become unlocked when uh, those applications of machine learning and AI address what I would consider repeatable processes and repeatable functions within the marketing exercise itself. And so when I look at that in context, there's a couple of things that every marketer needs to do and needs to do repeatedly uh, year after year and, and even campaign after campaign is and it comes down to things like segmentation and insights, comes down to content creative and ideation around content, and then obviously targeting. And so I, I firmly believe that those applications with AI and machine learning belong in those repeatable processes. The key to me is that creating algorithms that replicate or are able to do that job over and over again for the marketer is key and strategic for them to be adopted broadly. And until we do that, you know, it's restricted in the realm of what I would consider sort of one-off models or things that aren't repeatable, which ultimately you and I both know, you know, doesn't support the marketer long term. But when we actually start to apply these technologies, which is what we're seeing in market now, start to emerge into those repeatable functions within the the marketing stack and the marketing practice, that's when you're actually going to see the massive shift in terms of the performance of campaigns all the way through to consumers actually enjoying the content that they receive as part of that campaign. Right. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, 
you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot org. Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. So you believe uh, that the media buyer role will disappear. Why do you think that is? I strongly believe there's going to be drastic shifts in the role of, of what I would consider traditional marketing and advertising to date in light of the explosion of both consumer data across everything from IoT to smart vehicle to purchase behavior. We've got naturally an explosion of data. The only way to wrangle that data is going to be with advanced modeling, machine learning, and AI applications, as we sort of highlighted. And in doing so, a lot of what I would say the traditional practice of marketing is, is going to shift as a result of that. And so when I look at how most campaigns have been developed, and many of them even today are, most times and oftentimes it ends up being a brief that's created on the forefront of sort of a creative framework for a campaign, many times not data-driven. Oftentimes it's sort of gut feel or best impression or historically based. And then that brief sort of carries forward within the marketing practice as to what kind of content that should be created, what kind of targeting and execution plan and media planning all the way through sort of you know, it stems directly off this brief. And so as a result of that, there's a lot of key roles in, in terms of the current marketing stack that rely both on that brief. And likewise, the brief relies on them on executing. Right. Uh, what I would say is the change and the shift that I see is when we start unlocking true audience details and audience insights at the core of these massive data sets, suddenly the brief, I firmly believe, will transition into a very prescriptive fully aggregated and fully PII protected format of an audience that is now defined and is the framework for all these campaign decisions. And when that happens, a lot of things are going to shift. First and foremost, you're going to have content ideation and content creation that is hyper-targeted, right? You're going to know this really strong, have a very strong signal around this data-driven persona like no, you know, like never before, no different than you and I with our best friends, if you understand sort of what they're interested and passionate about, you obviously start start to tailor the conversation um, that is highly relevant and highly interesting to those individuals. In the same sort of format, I think what's going to unlock is these aggregate data-driven personas, which then become the framework and the foundation of campaigns. And in doing so, content that's created for them. And then the targeting, which traditionally has been driven off of sort of this brief description of a persona, you know, males 35 to 45 who drink coffee like the NFL, which rely on a media buyer and a media planner to sort of formulate where to reach them and how to reach them and, and who to target is now going to be prescribed at the very early stages of the strategy by this well-defined audience that will come from basically the power of machine learning algorithms that identified this white space and these net new opportunities. So, Currently in the model, you know, we see the definition of those audiences for targeting that tends to happen at sort of the final stages. The content's already been created, the campaign's already in flight, the brief is already described. And oftentimes it's a, a very simplistic description, typically demographically driven, uh, of who to target for that campaign. I firmly believe that the, the change in the marketplace that's emerging um, that we're seeing sort of in real time is that these audiences that are going to be targeted frame up the foundation of a data-driven persona at the pre-campaign stage, 
and thus it will flow that you know that definition will flow all the way through the entire marketing stack ultimately be the definition of who is going to be targeted with a campaign and so I think the marketing, you know, within the context of that, the media planner and media buyer roles are going to transition drastically. I think they're going to shift far more into sort of uh, hyper optimization roles as opposed to pure targeting or definition of a target, because that target will have been defined at the pre-campaign stage to begin with. So do you think what, what's the fix if marketing is broken? You kind of described some of what's happening. What's the fix if, if marketing is broken? And I'm not arguing that it isn't because I work in it every day. So I see everything that you're saying. I think when I think of the context of marketing being broken, we've built sort of marketing technologies, I would say, from sort of the, the last click and the click attribution where all the data is essentially aggregating, right? From mm -hmm. who's being targeted, viewability, clickstream, performance, you know, conversion, that stack of data, which essentially is just a massive consumer behavioral pattern in and of itself in terms of who did click, who didn't, who consumed, who didn't, who, who purchased, who didn't, is currently sort of locked at the backstage of activation, right? It, it is, yeah. it's, it's utilized for targeting, it's utilized for optimization, but from my perspective, for marketing to sort of be resolved in terms of what the true opportunity is here is that that data has to get unlocked and placed in the hands of the strategists at the very you know, forefront of pre-campaign planning. And the recognition is, is that that marketing stack, and I would say the ad tech stack, is not built for that, right? It just, it never mm -hmm. was. It, and it's, it's sort of grandfathered its way in terms of where that data gets stored, how it gets stored, and how it gets leveraged. It's just never been designed to be used for pre-campaign planning, data-driven personas on the front end, you know, in support of content ideation and creation. I think that's exactly how marketing gets fixed. I think we unlock the power and the value that's buried inside this massive amount of sort of consumer, rich consumer behavioral data at the core, and then put it at the fingertips of the marketing strategist. And in doing so, in order to do so, that has to be in a level that doesn't require you know, massive data science teams to, to analyze the data. It doesn't require custom models to be built for every campaign. It has to leverage and must leverage AI and machine learning in order for that to be tangible, in order for that to be unlocked at scale and at speed, such that marketers can do what they do really, really well, which to me is come up with the content and come up with the creative plan to basically execute content that will be relevant to the target audience that they want, but should not be sort of locked away in the realm of just click performance and targeting at the end of the day. It has to be unlocked and placed in the hands of the strategist. And I, I firmly believe that if we're able to do that at scale, and I, and I think we can, it's going to transform the way that both marketing is performed as a function, but more importantly, I think it's going to transform the way that we as consumers perceive content, perceive advertising, and ultimately perceive the brands that we want to, uh, we want to relate to. Thanks to Tim for being here. Next time we go a bit deeper, Tim digs into what the fixes for marketing are and what he sees coming in 2019. So stay tuned. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly, T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You stay home for the greater good. 
Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.